1: Good morning, witches. It is, a gen- nope, February. Uh, nope, nope, it's March. <laughs> it is March 1st, 2024. It is Friday. I am Tanya, and this is the Witch Daily Show. Just like a little behind-the-scenes uh, tidbit, if I stumble on the date, it's because I'm panicking to get my notes open. Uh, should I have my notes open before I hit record? Yes. Do I? No. Uh so just so you know if I stumble it's because I'm like trying to get my notes open real fast. Um this episode is brought to you by Witchway Magazine. So let's get your day going with a little magic. Our quote of the day is love yourself first and everything else falls into line. You really have to love yourself to get anything done in this world. Lucille Ball. So let's move into some headlines. This comes to us from Las Vegas Review Journal. Chiefs flag buried under Raiders Stadium site in Las Vegas. So this may seem like it has nothing to do with witchcraft, but bear with me. One of the NFL's fiercest rivalries literally took on a new depth Thursday when a man buried a Kansas City Chiefs flag near what is expected to be the 50-yard line of the new Raiders Stadium going up on the Strip. A Chiefs fan named Chris Schneiser posted a photo of a man wearing a white hard hat and dark glasses holding a red and gold Chiefs banner with the inscription Chiefs Kingdom on his Facebook page. Flag buried in dirt encased in concrete with the stadium built on top of it. Message said Chiefs 1 Raiders 0 Las Vegas. So the plan was to bury the flag where they presume the 50 yard line would be. Quote, I'm not sure how many feet down it would actually be, unquote. By Friday afternoon, the Facebook photo had uh, shared more than 3,000 times as fans from both camps weighed in on the Facebook page. Some of the messages were good-natured. Many were not. (laughs) Oh, gosh. So why I wanted to talk about this is because I actually thought it was really funny this idea of a fan bearing the flag under the home of another team kind of with this idea that like it'll bring the chief's luck and it really just felt like the bro version of like a spell jar or a witch's jar i mean and i think that's hilarious so it just shows you magic's everywhere just because we're uh doing flags and football teams instead of Nails and jars, hey, good on them. All right, witches, I'm going to throw this over to our moon correspondent, and after this break,
2: we will talk more. Hello to all of my astro friends. This is Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, coming at you with your daily moon mantra for Friday, March 1st. The waning gibbous moon continues to peel back the layers in Scorpio today. Here, the moon opposes Uranus. Uranus and Jupiter are currently conjunct, bringing happy accidents into our lives. However, they don't always feel like happy accidents in the moment. Sometimes, in fact, they can feel quite the opposite. This is likely one of those days. We could have some events unfold today that take us completely away from what we thought we wanted to accomplish. This can be incredibly inconvenient and may lead to some initial frustration. But once the initial irritation falls away, we will realize that what has happened will ultimately lead us in a better direction. So, when this disruption manifests in your day, remember that this will lead to better things and try to allow space for that to come into being. Your daily moon mantra is, sometimes even the wrong train takes you to the right station. This has been your daily moon mantra with Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, signing off and reminding you, that you are in charge of your own destiny. Attention,
1: witches! This is Nina Moreau broadcasting a special alert from the Grimoire Society. We ask that witches please remember to subscribe to the new monthly newsletter. While we love psychically sending you every spell, recipe, penny dreadful, and conjure advice that we have, spirit representatives have asked that we cease clogging up the ether. We have contracted a special team of messenger pigeons to deliver your monthly newsletter directly to your doorstep. For only $5, you can sign up for this elusive serial at www.thegrimoiresociety.com. Remember, this notice is for witches only. If you are not a witch and have somehow come across this broadcast, you will forget all that you've heard in 3, 2... All right, we are back. So it is Friday and it is Encyclopedia Day. For those of you who don't know, Encyclopedia Day is where I pick up one of my mini encyclopedias. I have, I think, four, two, I have quite a few of Encyclopedia of Occultism and Parapsychology. I have them from different decades. So they're really fun and they're kind of rare, which I didn't know when I owned them, I would have taken better care of them. But it's a really fun way for us to kind of learn together. I basically open up the book, see where I land, and we talk about that thing. Now, the trick with this segment is I have to find an entry that is both meaty enough to warrant a conversation, but not so meaty that this could be a three-hour class, right? So, it's always kind of a little bit of a game to find a suitable topic. Now, this topic I'm about to talk about spans pages in this book. So, we're only going to cover a small bit of it. And the topic today is levitation. Ooh. So, we're going to talk about levitation in reference to witchcraft and spiritualism. Uh, there are a bunch of different ways people talk about with uh, levitation, in regards to the altar, uh, illusionists, uh, simultaneous level um levitation, strength of levitation power. I mean, levitation of certain people, uh. How high you go, how long you go, modern accounts. I mean, it it goes on and on and on and on and on. Um, And we are just going to talk about the witchcraft aspect. So in the 10th century, it was popularly believed that women who followed the pagan goddess Diana flew in the air to their rituals. But the church considered this a heretical delusion. However, during the great witchcraft manias of the 16th and 17th century, confessions or accusations of transvection, a.k.a. flying through the air, were accepted as describing a reality. It was believed that witches smeared themselves with a special ointment. So you may hear this called a flying witch's ointment. Kiki, our our beloved Kiki, um, Makes her own and calls it Kiki's Flying Witches ointment. It's super cute. And and they believe this ointment gave them power of flight, usually mounted on a broomstick, a shovel, a staff, or even an animal. The church considered that transvection of witches was a fact, but a diabolical parody of the transports of saints. So the church was like, well, they fly because they're mocking saints, which I didn't even know saints were believed to fly. That's weird to me. I did not know that. It now seems possible that some of the claimed transvection of witches may have been out of body experiences and other apparent transvections may have been hallucinations, perhaps induced by the special ointment. However, the transvection of saints was well attested by many witnesses. It seems possible that there may have been some genuine Cases of levitation by witches the idea that this was the result of demonic agency persisted so this book is like hey if you believe saints can fly you have to believe witches can fly you can't believe one and one or the other (laughs) and this is what i love about like scientific people they'll just lay it out they're like listen if you have if you believe in this one you got to believe in this one that's just like the the name of the game here i like that so in ancient rituals levitation um, was mentioned as a sign of possession. Charges of witchcraft or bewitchment usually followed the manifestation. Henry Jones, a 12-year-old English boy in Shepton Mallet, was believed to be bewitched in 1657, and he was carried by invisible means from one room to another, and sometimes was wholly lifted up so that his body hung in the air, with only the flat of his hands placed against the ceiling. Very much like Mary Poppins. Wasn't it Mary Poppins or people were, like, floating? What was that? Does anyone know? Why were people floating in Mary Poppins? I missed something there. One afternoon in the garden of Richard Isles, he was raised up and transported over the garden wall for about 30 yards. Patrick Sandalands, a younger son of Lord Corpachin, was similarly believed to be the victim of witchcraft in 1720 at Caldor, Scotland. His tendency... To rise and trance into the air was so great that his sisters had to watch him and sometimes only could keep him down by hanging on to his skirts. Mary London, a hysterical servant girl who was tried in 1661 in Cork, Ireland for witchcraft, was frequently transported by an uh, invisible power to the top of the house. The phenomena was frequently witnessed in poltergeist cases. And then finally, the drummer of Tedworth would lift all the children up in their beds. Yeah, it turns out it was just like a thing. It was just like a ton of people were just like levitating. So the levitation of spiritualist mediums represents a simple continuity of an age-old phenomena. When modern spiritualism was introduced with the Rochester wrappings, the phenomena soon appeared. It was recorded for the first time with Henry C. Gordon in February of 1851, a year later in Dr. Gary's house in New York. If we accept that Dr. Uh, Halleck's account before New York's conference of June 15 or 1852, there was an instance of Gordon's levitation in daylight in a crowded assembly room, according to Dr. Halleck. While he was delivering a lecture, Gordon, who sat at some distance from him in the front, uh, in front of him, rose into the air, swayed from side to side, his feet grazing the top of the seats, and sank to the ground. When the attention of the entire congregation became riveted on him, it was afterwards declared by the spirits that they intended to carry him over the heads of the sisters to the rostrum, but that the audience had broken the necessary conditions of passivity. That's interesting. Necessary conditions of passivity. I wonder um, if that means anything. Like beyond this one sentence. Necessary conditions of passivity. That just sounds like a phrase I feel like is important. Uh, A system is passive if it cannot produce energy on its own. So it really doesn't look like this is like a known phrase, but essentially what they're saying is that like, it only works when no one is paying attention to it, which is so interesting. Hmm. So yeah, this goes on and on and on. Um, Let me see if there is anything else before I call it. It's just a lot of people levitating. But I'm curious if they have any Theories. There seems good ground for believing that levitation has sometimes been characteristic of possession and poltergeist cases, possibly involving similar psychophysical mechanics, but the evidence is less reliable. Abnormal, m- morbid mental states c- may involve uncontrolled muscular feats, such as leaps in the air, that could be mistaken for levitation. That is often what they say about, like, um, possessions through the lens of Catholicism. So I don't like exorcist movies or exorcism movies. And I don't like them because I don't believe in them. Like I don't really believe that can happen. At least not the way it happens to only Catholics for some reason. And that is kind of one of their big things is anytime there's like levitation within like a Catholic possession state, they're they're always saying that it's just like insane leaps. Moreover, the specter moods of horror or loathing could impede clear observation. It is not clear whether movement of objects without contact is related to the same mechanism as levitation. So like telekinesis. Um, so they're wondering if telekinesis and levitation is like the same thing. On the face of things, it seems unlikely since the subjective human aspects of levitation are distinct from the objective application of some kind of psychic force to inanimate objects. Really interesting. So, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think we can levitate? Phoebe could on Charmed. And that's enough for me, I think. All right, witches. I'm just kidding. I'm just being silly. Uh, Sometimes I'm like, they know I'm kidding. But I was like, for that one person who's like just tuning in for the first time right now, I don't base all magic on Charmed. I just like to be silly. Okay. So we are wrapping up this episode of the Witch Daily Show. Don't forget any books, decks, headlines, sources. Anything we talked about today can be found in the podcast episode description or witchpod.com.
0: And we'll talk again next week. Okay. Bye witches we hope you have a wonderful day full of joy and gentleness and confidence links for this week's episodes our website patreon along with a free daily card pull can be found at witchpod.com one stop for everything we talk about now take one more deep breath